Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it! Clowney just says, I'll take care of business right here. I'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense. 22nd and 10 for Fields. Fields to throw it. Pump fake. Sacks. Fires. Touchdown, Garrett Wilson. Now Burrow going to launch downfield for Chase. Who's got it? Touchdown, LSU! Snaps with the This is Menace to Picks. All right, welcome to the next episode of the Menace to Picks podcast. JG the Joker here with our CEO, Coach Zach Smith. We're going to break down the weekend. It is week eight of college football, week seven of the NFL. We are celebrating Locktoberfest. One of the members of our Menace to Picks team named our, our recent sequence Locktoberfest because we are absolutely going off plus 650 units this this October. Absolutely crazy, Coach. Talk to me about the minutes two picks. How are you feeling about it? And just, you know, what's been going on with us? Catch us up real quick. It's been, I mean, absolutely unprecedented, really. Um, you know, just what's going on this month in the last month is just absolutely insane. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, we, we launched this because we knew we were onto something different. We had a different approach to, to sports handicapping. And I mean, with that, with any handicapping comes hot and cold streaks. And I think, you know, after we were hot as shit last, last fall football season, and then we had spurts of, of hot streaks in the off season. And I think, you know, the times where we weren't as hot, some people unsubscribed and, uh, you know, we still have a massive following, but, but what, what, we tweaked the model several times over the off season. And now what you're seeing is the results of hard work and, and tweaking the model the right way. And, and, you know, just, you wish that those people could come back and see how, how the improved version is because I mean, I was doing the math. I mean, we're well over 1200 units up since inception in a year. So that's $12,000 in your bank. So just absolutely ridiculous what you and the team are doing. And, and, and I know the subscribers are fucking happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. And, and we, we always wanted to just keep it real. I mean, are we always going to be this hot? Probably not. I hope so, but um, hopefully yeah, just, you'll. It's just unrealistic, right? I mean, you, you're up 650 units in fucking three weeks. I mean, that's, you can't sustain that forever, but the, the model is right. That the dip, the ebbs and flows and the trajectory still is going up. It's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Right. And if, if, if we average plus a hundred units per month, I mean, that's amazing. Patreon.com forward slash menace two picks at menace two picks on Twitter. We also have a Telegram at Minutes Two Picks on Telegram where we give away free picks. Uh, our Instagram is growing, and we're just continuing to, to spread a positive message of of um, we got our picks set up. We make our picks. We sit and watch what happens, and hopefully we cash out. And recently, we've been having a lot of fun with it. So let's break down a college football weekend, which at the surface doesn't look that exciting, but sometimes these weekends are the ones that end up being crazier than you think. Um the first, the first game to talk about is Clemson. Huge game in the ACC. Clemson is a road underdog. I was trying to think when was the last time that they were not <laughs> favorite, not favorite in uh, a conference game. 
Oh man, just it's, off the I mean, top of your head, when, when when would you make a guess? I mean, outside of maybe a playoff game, I mean, I, I, oh, in a conference game, yeah, I don't, maybe five, six years ago. I mean, it's I been can't, forever. I can't. I would, I would have to go way back to look. I mean, I can't remember if they were favored uh, the last time they played Alabama. They they were favored, um, obviously by by eight when they lost to the Buckeyes, and at um, I guess that was New Year's I mean, Day. Yeah, um, 2020. And the year before, they were a two-point dog to the Buckeyes. So it's probably been a couple of years. But as far as in-conference, Clemson is a three-point underdog to Pitt. I have Pitt, when I just look at the model, I have Pitt as probably six points better than Clemson. Yeah. But, again, Clemson's lost twice. They lost to Georgia, and they lost in a game that you predicted – there was a, a double OT loss on the road at NC State. Is Clemson gonna, you know, get their stuff together and beat Pitt, or is Pitt gonna take that big step forward here in the ACC? You know what? It's, it's a tough one to call because you don't know. You you know the talent that Clemson has, right? They're loaded, and that's why recruiting rankings and talent doesn't always equate to on-field success immediately, right? There's a lot of other things in play, culture, your quarterback development. And DJ Uangalele has just struggled this year. He hasn't been that heir apparent replacement for Trevor Lawrence. And so it's, it's one of those things. It's a tough game to pick because at some point Clemson could click a little bit and beat and, you know, they could outright win the game and beat Pitt. I mean, on paper, on film, analytically, you'd probably say Pitt's going to win the game. And like you said, probably by a touchdown. But these, these games make me nervous because you know Clemson is capable. They just they just aren't playing good team football right now. They aren't their their offensive is disjointed. Their defense is not the typical Brent Venables defense, but they have skill. And so I, I, I I'm with you. I like Pitt to win the game, but you just have that apprehension in the back of your head in a game like this that Clemson's still far more talented than Pitt. And at any time they could just click, not turn the ball over, tackle a little bit better, and beat anybody. Right. Yeah. And you know, I look at DJ, he doesn't look confident to me right now. Um, and I don't know if he, if he's better than he's playing. I'm, I'm sure he probably is. I don't know if there's a QB two waiting to, to get in there, but uh, right now he does not look confident and he does not look like a quarterback that's going to get Clemson back to an ACC championship, which is something that they've done with the utmost ease um, for several years running. This is going to be a tough game. Um, Pittsburgh had the over is hit in their last seven home games. So they're kind of a high, a high scoring team. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Narduzzi wants to do this because, you know, they have a good offense. Uh, is he going to want to get into a game that's more open because Clemson recently has been playing these games that have looked a lot like NFL games, yeah. Just, uh, you know, very short, long drives, punts. And the the unders have been cashing in Clemson's games, but but here we are with an over 47-48 with seven in a row hitting at Heinz Field for Pitt. So I'm going to have to look a little bit harder on this game, but I don't have a huge vibe. I, it wouldn't be an infinity lock either way for me. The yeah. fact that Vegas went right out and said Clemson is the underdog, they, yeah. they're daring you to take Clemson because Clemson never loses in conference. Oh, absolutely. Um. I, I like Pitt to win the game, and I, I think hop on Patreon and check out how we're going to play or if we're going to play that game. Wisconsin <laughs> opened favorite on the road at Purdue. Interesting game for me. 
I'm not sure that this this line is is accurate. Is the wrong is the wrong team favored in the game? Should Purdue be favored in this game? You know, Wisconsin is 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 a question mark for me. I mean, they have a great front seven. That's what they have. I mean, what we watched David Bell do to Iowa's defense. Let's not make any mistake that Iowa's a better back end than Wisconsin, right? And David Bell went off for two hundred some yards, and Purdue made them look. I mean, it made them look like a high school team. Uh, mainly because they didn't throw them the ball, and that's what Iowa's been, you know, riding their successes on leading the country in interceptions, where the other team just flat throws it to them. So, I, I mean, I, I like Purdue's offense against Wisconsin's defense. I'm, I'm not a fan of Wisconsin's offense, never have been. So, I, I mean, I like Purdue to win the game. I really do. I mean, Purdue can still be Purdue at any moment, but the way they played last week and the way they've kind of been trending, I just really like, I like them in the game. I do. Yeah, histor- historical stats would, would show that maybe this is why Wisconsin's favored because they don't hardly ever lose to Purdue. But also, Wisconsin's never been this bad before. Um, right. And I, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of the game other than the fact that I love the under. I've been really getting into, and if you've been following the Patreon picks, our second half picks, we've been doing a lot of unders in the Big Ten. There's some teams with good, good defense most underrated defensive team in the conference. I'm not sure what happened there. They struggled mightily last year on defense. And now this year they have a formidable squad. They, they were getting, they were getting to the quarterback against Iowa, which was surprising. And uh, I don't see anybody scoring in this game. I have it. I have a hard time believing that Wisconsin is going to let David Bell recreate what he just did last weekend. Um, I could see uh, Wisconsin's defensive staff, What's his name? Jim Leonard and crew making sure that whatever happens, it's not David Bell running over the top and Wisconsin can't score as it is. I see one of these teams 13, 10. I don't see any points out there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just going to come down to if, if Purdue if Purdue did a great job of protecting Aiden O'Connell against Iowa and I would I mean, they only blitzed. Uh, I think six times in the game or, or right around that number. He was he, definitely the best quarterback in that game, by the way. Oh, right? what are you close? I mean, Spencer Petras, you, he goes out there and he attempts to 16 passes over 10 yards, right? So that's a real pass. Like, you know, the, an eight yard slant, that, that's all well and good, but anyone in college football should be able to throw that throw. He could, he threw 16 throws total over 10 yards. 25% of them were interceptions. <laughs> four of the, <laughs> Four of the 16 were picks. You talk about exposing an offense, and then they couldn't run the ball. They ran for 2.5 yards of carry. So, yeah, Purdue, I mean, they they did their thing on defense, and uh, so I, I like their defense. And and really, if Wisconsin's defense can can just limit David Bell, right, and not make Aiden O'Connell look like he's a freaking NFL quarterback, then I agree the unders should be a freaking lock. And to rehash, rehash our last weekend, second half, we lock on Purdue to win the game. They were minus 120 to win the game live. They're winning by seven, and we gave an infinity lock on the under. I looked at that game during during that second quarter and thought, uh, Purdue is not going to score another point in the game. Or excuse right. me, uh, Iowa is not going to going to score another point in the game. <laughs> yeah. I could just tell I, you could tell by by the, what Purdue was doing, <laughs> what Pe- how Petrus looked, unless uh, they were able to intercept the quarterback, which Purdue was not going to let that happen. Purdue uh, Iowa wasn't going to score again. So I didn't see any chance that Iowa was going to come back and win that ball game, particularly after the comeback they had made the week before uh, with everything kind of going their way in the yeah. home game against Penn State. They weren't going to recreate that, and they didn't score again the rest of the game. Uh, and they consistently threw interceptions with Petrus. 
was not pretty. Oregon is on the road. So, again, I'm on the under in the Wisconsin-Purdue game to, to rehash. Um, Oregon is on the road as a two-and-a-half-point dog. I think this is maybe the correct line. This is a pick game for me at UCLA. I've watched times, and our uh, Midwest insider was, was high on some players and their roster overall at the beginning of the year. Uh, who you got in a pick game between Oregon and UCLA out in the Pac-12? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, you, you want to buy the Oregon hype. The, the only problem I have – so I would take UCLA. The only problem I have is if you watched Oregon's game this past weekend, Kayvon Thibodeau, I mean, the, he played the second half and he took, he took the game over. He, every, every single play was either a, a flag for holding, tackling, raping him, or he hit the quarterback and disrupted the ball. Like, it was every single play, you're like, holy shit. Like, it was the most dominant half of football I've seen, and I've seen some pretty good defensive ends. He's just a, such a stud. Now, that being said, if there's a coach that knows how to handle defensive ends, it is Chip Kelly and their offensive coordinator, Justin Fry, out, out in UCLA. They will do everything in their power to run away from him, read him, just they, they will try to eliminate him from the game. And, and I'm Justin Fry is one of my good friends, one of the best football coaches in the country, and he's the O-line coach. So if you don't think that they've been planning for Kayvon Thibodeau all offseason and trying to figure out how to not let him dominate the entire game, you're nuts. That's all they've been doing. And so I, I like UCLA. Or I like UCLA. I just I'm weary of Kayvon Thibodeau because he is an absolute monster. Yeah, this is a pass game for me, I think. Uh, a lot of stuff that you just mentioned, it's a true pick game. I think either team can win the game. I think Oregon's really good. Um, we, we, we thought they would cover. We had a lock of the month last week on them covering against Cal. Um, they didn't do that. Cal scored early. Oregon fumbled in the red zone early. Oregon had another chance in the red zone that they ended up getting a holding call, missed a field goal. So they probably could have covered against Cal, but didn't. Uh, I don't think that has any kind of bearing on what's going to happen this week. I think that game was a little bit maybe of an asterisk game for, for Oregon and, and they've proven already that, that they can step up and play in big moments. They blew the game obviously against Stanford where they had a 99.9% chance of winning the game right. and, and lost to Stanford. This is a pass game for me. I think both teams are pretty good. Um, and this is just a game you watch another game involving, um, <laughs> the Pac-12 is USC on the road as a one touchdown underdog at Notre Dame. Um, USC is three and three. It seems like they've, they're where they've been for the last four and five years now where they end up close to 500. They're talented. Uh, They upset some people. Then they get beat by teams that you would be shocked that they have the same roster. Uh, So what do we got here with Notre Dame? Um, I mean, I think everyone knows my feeling and opinion on Notre Dame. Um, I think they're a complete uh, – they're, they're riding their, their historical prowess week in, week out. And uh, their offensive line is below average. Kyron Williams is a, was a really good back with the best offensive line in the country. I'm just not high on Notre Dame. Now, in this game, USC so inconsistent, and I kind of like Notre Dame's defense. So I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing it because I don't – I don't like Notre Dame to beat anyone right now, but USC is that average that they could. And and so if I was going to take anything, I would take maybe a Notre Dame money line, but I certainly am not going to take Notre Dame to cover because um, I don't know if they can score any points. And, you know, we started off, we started off kind of somewhat slow in college football. We've, we've heated up like crazy these last two weeks. I think we were eight and two on Saturday. And uh, one of the members of our team, you know, talks about, 
just you gotta be careful with college sports at times because you're dealing with people that are 18, 19 years old. And as you said, inconsistent. Um, so, you know, if you're investing your money, you better be pretty sure of what's going to happen with USC. And when you look at them, sometimes they look like they could beat anybody then other times they could lose to anybody. It's tough for, for me to, to want to lay down a lot of money on that. Um, could they beat Notre Dame? Absolutely. Could, could Notre Dame play a great game and take care of the ball and, you know, frustrate USC? Absolutely. You know, so again, this, this is a, this is a, a tough weekend here. So I have to formulate your spots. I would definitely lean for the dogs here. I, I think you, you get seven points and against a flawed team like Notre Dame and you got some talent with USC, but um, again, nothing, nothing too crazy. So, you know, just be smart with it. So the last Buckeye, the last game we'll talk about is the Buckeyes here. They've covered eight in a row in October, uh, heading back two years ago. You guys always covered well with um, with with Coach Meyer in October, November. Was it is that just part of the philosophy or, you know, the culture to really be playing your, your best football in late October and November? Yeah, I mean, that's what it is, right? If you have a really, really solid program, really good coaching staff, you know, really good strength staff, you you hit your stride in November, right? In late October, November. And that's when you, I mean, your team really has, has gone through some adversity, maybe didn't play as well at certain positions or certain players early in the year, and they learned from it. And you get to mid-October where you're, now you're in, in the thick of it, right? Now you're on the, on the quest to actually win the Big Ten and, and, you know, possibly go to the playoffs. So this is when you this is when you start your ascension to peak, right? And so these Indiana games are they're they're always make you a little nervous because it's one of the worst places to play as far as it's just dead, right? Now being a night game, um, the crowd will be live, and and it's it's always there's they call it Indiana's uh, picture day because so many Buckeye fans will be there that the stadium will be red, so they take a picture so they can hang it in their facility like they had a sold out home <laughs> crowd, uh, but all the Buckeye fans drive a couple hours west. And fill that stadium, so it'll feel like a home game. It's a night game, their first night game. I mean, you got to think coming off a bye week at night with with the majority Ohio State crowd, even though it's on the road, you got to think Ohio State is just going to steamroll and really show the country. Like, listen, we were a young team that just needed to learn and fight through adversity early, but we're here and and just know we're coming. Indiana's not good. We you know we talked about this early yeah. in the year. We faded them early in the year. We faded them a lot. I gave them a chance to win last week, and, and they did have a chance to win against Michigan State. You know, I, I think Michigan State's still unproven. They've been pretty pretty um, fortunate with the way their schedule is set up. Indiana's not very good roster-wise. Why is it that Indiana somehow can play with the Buckeyes? Is, do, you got, do we sleep on them? Or, you yeah, know, what is it about that game that when you see those jerseys, somehow, you know, Michigan – and some of these other teams, they fold against the Buckeyes, but Indiana makes great plays. Yeah, I think honestly, I think they're really well coached. When Kevin Wilson arrived in, in Bloomington, he changed the culture. They play really hard. They're really well coached. They have great scheme. They just don't have the players. And you look back to when we beat them, uh, and Ezekiel Elliott went off, I don't know what year it was, maybe 2014, 2015. Um, it was it, schematically, everything they did was just, excellent and, and they made the game closer than it should have been and Zeke just happened to make a couple guys miss then and went 65 you know just a great player making a big play but it, a lot of it is that it's Indiana right you're used to this especially back then Michigan State was legit Michigan's legit Penn State's legit Wisconsin's legit and then you go to Indiana and you're like all right it's just Indiana and then you get there it, most of the time it was a noon game and so the crowd's kind of dead the players come out flat and it's just a battle because just 
historically they are kind of the the bump in the road that no one cares about. And so once Kevin Wilson came and Tom Allen certainly has kept that going, they're well coached. They don't have the players, but they're well coached. So they'll have a good plan. And if Ohio State doesn't come out inspired, it could be a close game. And I just don't see that happening with kind of what's going on outside of the game, you know, with the history of the team, a bye week, a night game, all that. I don't think they come out flat, but historically that's been what happened. Right. And, you know, and that's, that's the other thing has Indiana covered, several times against Buckeyes, sure, they, but they haven't won. They have not beat the Buckeyes yet. Um, I'm not crazy about the line. I, I think it, it's kind of a Bama road game kind of line where ultimately the Buckeyes should win. I don't see Indiana being able to score enough points, so I'm not crazy about it, but I'm going to ride with the infinity lock play just because we've been cashing with the Buckeyes three weeks in a row covering. So the yeah. fact that they have, they've continued to cover in October – we're just going to roll with it and think that the Buckeyes can cover. And when I really break it down, it would just be because I don't see how Indiana is going to score. They they struggled to score. They struggled to move the ball. Peyton Hendershot is a good player. Um, they, they do a nice job getting the ball with little screen games. And then, you know, obviously the, the wide receiver, uh, Ty Freifo, can play a little bit. But other than that, um, I just don't see how they're going to be able to, to, you know, break through against this Buckeyes defense that's starting to – you know, kind of gel and get healthy, but then again, it you know it is a it's a it's a trap game with with the big game the next week with with our tailgate and the and the Buckeyes and the Red Out. So, uh, coach, I want to keep you here for for another minute or two here to hit on just three NFL games. I want to ask you about first one's the Browns um, Thursday night football. The Browns minus three and a half. They got some injury questions. Sounds like Baker is going to go. Kareem Hunt is out. Nick Chubb is going to be a game time decision. The Browns, um, you know, it's obvious they, they're flawed right now. Denver's lost two in a row, but we know Denver's a good football team. Are the Browns going to bounce back and get it done? You know, I don't see how they do. I mean, I, I think it's absolutely moronic that Baker's even considering playing, and I don't know if Stefanski's making that call or is Baker the head coach now? Like, just, <laughs> I mean, he got knocked out of the game, and he's going to come back four days later and play in, in a Thursday night game. It's just absolutely idiotic. So I, I'm a Browns fan, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a homer when I bet even or when, when we talk about picks, but I, even I'm not betting on the Browns to – to, certainly not to cover. I mean, to win by four or more? Come on, man. I don't even know. I don't even think they can win the game. Yeah, Ted, Ted, uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been the certified cover boy. They faltered recently. But if you look at what they did, you know, they went to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was playing with their backs against the wall. Um, that was always going to be a tough game. Then they came back, and they kind of got perfect stormed by, by Las Vegas, which our handicapper, our West Coast capper, gave away last week on the show. He said Vegas is, is a great bet this week and I didn't really understand why he said that but um, he he gave it away Vegas you know took it to Denver yeah. so that doesn't that, to me that's not an indictment on Denver's whole team that they had a couple tough weeks uh, this is a tough game for the Browns on on Thursday night Denver will not be afraid uh, of that moment and that's a game Denver wants really bad so as, as important as it is to the Browns Denver really is going to value that game as well and to have a field goal um, safety net, I, I would think that Denver covers that. Last week, the Brown, the Vegas has favored the Browns heavily. Last week, they were favored in a game against the Arizona Cardinals, which, looking back, was was not great. And uh, we we kind of stayed away. We haven't bet the Browns too much this year, and I, I'm not sure we're going to give away Denver. But I, I'm certainly not expecting the Browns to cover. 
Sure. The Ravens are a six and a half point favorite coming off a beat down in a game that we picked on the Paul Zeiss show. Uh, it was a, a huge play for us. The Ravens smacked the Chargers. The Ravens came back with the Lamar Jackson show Monday Night Football. Now they have another home game against the Cincinnati Bengals as a six and a half point favorite. The Bengals historically have not been afraid to play against the Baltimore Ravens. Recently, they haven't done great. The Marvin Lewis era, uh, Marvin Lewis owned the Ravens. So um, is this is this a game the Bengals can win or are the Ravens going to cover? How are you seeing this game? Yeah, I, I mean, I really like the trajectory the Bengals are on. I mean, every, everyone knows my opinion of Joe Burrow. I mean, he's an, an absolute man amongst boys where in any room he walks into. I just have a hard time betting against Lamar ever because, you know, I have a hard time betting on games with Lamar Jackson playing, let alone against him or for him. Because he's liable to throw three picks, but he's also liable to absolutely electrify the stadium for four quarters and just make everyone walk out of their jaw drop. Like, what was that? So it's it's a tough game for me. I mean, if I was going to pick it, I'd say the Ravens to cover, but but I, I w- I'm, I'm not confident enough in that to to actually play it. Uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take the Bengals. We we've done a really good job betting the Bengals for the last two years. Really, we. Um, you know, we are up tons of units. If you, if you go back and look at our spreadsheet, we ever miss on the Bengals. And we've yeah. done a nice job uh, understanding when to play them and when to just stay away. And I think if you can get a touchdown with Joe Burrow and this Bengals defense, yeah. uh, that this is going to be a tough – this is a huge game for both teams. It's not going to feel like that San Diego game uh, where San Diego shows up and they're not ready to play. That's not what this is going to feel like. The Bengals are going to be ready for this game. And this is going to be a tight AFC North game that's going to come down to a field goal. A prop that, that I would like in the game is uh, it's won by three points exactly. You know, you can always find that uh, as, a, as a big money payout. I think one of these teams is going to win by a field goal. To me, this is going to be a really good game. I don't know if the Bengals are going to win it, like you said, with Lamar. But I, I don't see uh, Joe Burrow and, and company being intimidated by the Ravens. Um, the Ravens' defense is okay. Obviously, their run game is amazing, but that Bengals front seven is looking strong as well. So I'm all over the Bengals on an infinity lock. Might buy it up to seven or eight points and and feel good. Chiefs-Titans is the last one. Big game here. Chiefs uh, on the road at the Titans. The Titans took off behind uh, Derrick Henry, and you know we cashed out a ton of bets that had to do with the Titans last week mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. Um the Chiefs are, are they back? As they've played well on the road, they've played a really tough schedule. They're three and three, and then you have the Titans that are four and two. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because you know at some point the Chiefs are going to go on a run. Mahomes is going to look fantastic. Uh, that defense has to look somewhat serviceable at some point. Um, so, and I think the Titans are coming off a huge win. I mean, that was a huge win to to beat Buffalo the way they did, and it's. I'm if I was going to play it, I'd play the Chiefs to cover. I think the Chiefs are due at three and three. They know that it's kind of they have some urgency about them. Like, hey, listen, this is they're not just going to gift you the AFC championship and a shot to go win the Super Bowl. We're going to have to go win these games. And I think they have a kind of a coming out party uh, against the Titans, though. I Though I wish that I would wish for Vrabel to, to get the W, I would have to go with the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs, I mean, the recipe is simple, right? They They make some adjustments and improvements on defense. Yeah. And they take care of the ball. They're immediately <laughs> a favorite, a yeah. favorite to win their division and probably contend for the Super Bowl with those Absolutely. two adjustments. Uh, the first one will be a challenge. You know, it, it it can be hard to you know fill some roster spots and do some things, do some things mid season. 
as far as taking care of the football, when you look at them, um, you know, they, their offensive line hasn't been great, but they have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and uh, Travis Kelsey, and then other other weapons. So it's pretty simple for me just to look at them. And anytime if if I see the Chiefs and uh, as as a favorite or a pick'em game, you can add the over into that and realize you're setting yourself a total, which is what we did with the Titans last night. We set the Titans total basically at 22 points, 23 points. Titans can get to 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 that many points. And we d- did the same thing with Crystal Palace on Monday. We did the same yeah. thing with. Um, the Houston Astros on Monday where, where you take the dog and you add the over. And as long as they hit that certain number of points, one of your bets is safe. So for me, if you're going to beat the chiefs or probably 30 points to do so. Mm -hmm. So I'll take the chiefs in this game and I'll take the over. I don't see how the chiefs are going to be able to stop Tannehill. Um, You know, they, they want to, does anybody want to tackle Derrick Henry right now? No. It's crazy to see what he what he looks like in an NFL game. He looks like a giant amongst giants. So no, um, I'm with you. I think I think the over is 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 a lock. I mean, as Tannehill grows with Julio Jones addition and then AJ Brown and Derrick Henry running the way he ran, I mean, I don't. They're going to score points, and the Chiefs are points. I mean, they are, they are what God intended points to look like. <laughs> so I think the over is a great call. They, I mean, if you have Derrick Henry, you can win the game, period. You have Derrick Henry on your team. Likewise, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you can win the game. So this is going to be, you know, this will be an awesome NFL game. These NFL games have been electric. So this is going to be another one that, you know, the over is going to hit. And and I got the Chiefs winning by Harrison Bucker field goal. Coach Zach, we appreciate you coming on for this long episode today. I'm, I'm fired up for another big weekend. If you're not signed up yet. Do yourself a favor, get involved. We've had so many nice messages from from the subscribers like, hey, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. But um, ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm happy I did because, you know, we're having a lot of fun with it and making some money. Talk to me real quick before you go just about the price point comparatively to what you're seeing in the market. Well, that's what really motivated me to do it was was I wanted to get into sports gambling at some point. And obviously we connected and then kind of build a team around around you and, and my platform. And the most shocking thing in the world is handicapping analytics or handicapping advice sits out there on the market. Some people are charging like $400, $500 a month, like $100 a week. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, how about we just offer something that's better, like gives them more analysis, more, you know, not more options, but just better plays and charge them 15 bucks for infinity locks, 25 bucks for normal sports, 40 bucks for all sports and all props. That way, now we're going to f- saturate the market because more people are going to sign up with us and we have a better product and it'll give us an opportunity to kind of take over the space. And so far, I mean, it's it's p- outpacing anything that, that we thought it would be at this point. And it's only going to keep getting bigger because some some shark out in Vegas charging 500 bucks a month, that's ridiculous. Like, for what? And sometimes they put 100,000 units on a game and then lose. And you're like, what is that? I just lost my house and my family. What, what, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> like, it's just a du- yeah, it's, we pretty much it's, keep it realistic with the unit system. So, uh, yeah. And it's a dege- degenerate world. And if we can bring some non-degenerate tendencies to, and some intelligence and, and, a, and a good system for cheap, I, I think it's, it's a sustainable and really good business model. And it's good for everyone. Right. All right, Coach, we appreciate it. And, um, boys, let's get after this weekend. Let's have another great one. Stay hot. It's Locktoberfest. I'll see you at the windows. And here we go. 
Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it! Clowney just says, I'll take care of business right here. I'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense. Second and ten for Fields. Fields to throw it. Pump fake. Sets. Fires. Now Burrow going to launch downfield for Chase, who's got it! Touchdown, LSU! This is Menace to Picks.